Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ignorance Is This, a podcast all about a different way of experiencing cinema with little to no knowledge about it beforehand. My name is Scott Martin, and sitting opposite me is the heartbeat of America, Oliver Deer. It's me, heart beating away, and here I am again. Sounded like a like a rap like a rap beat that you were about to do for me. And then I was just about to say to you, maybe you should give me one and then I rap over it. And I'm, I'm already going to retract that because that's going to be embarrassing. We've already rapped on the show quite a few times. We prepared raps for the 50th. I made you freestyle one time at the end of the 50th. So that wasn't prepared. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> and notoriously, I'm not good at improvising. So why would I be good at like improvising over a beat to time? <laughs> Extremely difficult stuff. We're going to be talking about a newer film. Yeah. Um, the last couple of episodes that we've done have been ones that have been out for a little while, but this is something that just came out recently. We'll get to that shortly, but um, I think you've got something to say. Yeah, I sure got to have something to say. Had a thought this week, haven't I? But I'm thinking about horror films because we've been watching... Well, we've this week we've watched a, mo- a movie. It's about a crocodile. It's called Crawl. Like Crocodile. <laughs> Episode title uh, already confirmed. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it is a it is a bad joke though because it's about an alligator, and I'm sure people would be like, oh, "Don't get them mixed up. They're different things." It's it's a tortoise and tortoise thing, isn't it? Though. Yeah, exactly. Or it could. Or is it a gharial? It's another type of crocodile. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we watched a movie called Crawl this week. It's about an alligator, and I was just thinking about horror movies. You haven't seen many of them. Notoriously, I've not seen any of them <laughs> in fact i know we're not we're not into the discussion yet but did you know this was a horror movie all i knew was that it was um about alligators and and i assumed horror okay. but that that was as the extent of it yeah right okay hadn't even seen a poster for the movie but you said the day that we went to the movies you were about to go to work and you said do you want to go see the crocodile movie tonight and then i said yes that's everything that i knew about it <laughs> I'm actually upset that I told you it was a crocodile movie because I was sitting through the first bit of it and there's like not many allusions to what it's about. And I was thinking, damn it, he could have thought it would be about anything. Like it's just a, it's just horror movie kind of set up. And then anyway, anyway, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. But I was thinking about horror movies and I think a problem that a lot of them face today is that, you know, your bloody main character is not going to die. I think this was evident in this movie, but... Have you seen, have you just been in horror movies or, or maybe thriller movies where you're just like, you don't care because the character's not going to, you know, the character's not going to, I mean, it's prevalent in all movies. They have plot armor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was about to say, not just with horror movies, there is so many movies and TV shows that I watch the whole way through and never have to question that. Yeah. Like we, you and I have just been watching Stranger Things season three. Spoilers for Stranger Things season three. And it was the case of... They're not going to kill the kids yet. They're going to wait until the kids are a little bit older to kill any of the kids. And that leaves a very, very small amount of side characters that could get picked off. And even then, a lot of them have plot armor that you're not going to kill. That leaves an even smaller pool. So any of those main characters, it's not even it's not even on the table. And that's frustrating. That's extremely frustrating. Yeah. We're not going to say anything more about Stranger Things Season 3 because I think we might talk about it in depth eventually later. But right now, I'm just going to put an edit point in. Spoilers for Stranger Things Season 3. There we go. <laughs> because I did say, the kids don't die. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Stranger Things is a good point. I didn't even think about that. But that, I've also, we've also been pissed off about that recently. 
And it is kind of like, these films are, well, Stranger Things and Crawl, they're MA films. Like, we're bloody adults, mate. We can take it. We can take a death. It's okay. We have learned that this happens in movies. You don't have to, like, keep characters live because you think we like them so much. That's you got to kill people we like so that we can grow and we can, we can weep for them and stuff. But I was just thinking, like, how do you get around this problem? Because I reckon, like, Hollywood and Netflix are weak. They, yeah, okay, I agree. I feel like if we were to make a film or you're going to make a thriller film, you got to, like, you got to kill your character halfway off. Like, how would you do it? Would you, when, like, when is the best moment to kill? I was thinking, like, when's the best moment to kill a character off? Because you can't do a bloody, you can't really do a, oh, kill him right at the start. Because then you're just false advertising, right? It's kind of like, uh, what was that movie? I think the first Godzilla, they had Brian Cranston in it. Yes. And, but they kind of, kill him off really early but you kind of feel cheapened because he was advertised to be in all the movie and people go to see the movie to see him but he just dies early on so that that's like not a good thing that movie pissed me off so much because not only was it that it wasn't very good but also i completely forgot that he had died in it the only thing i (laughs) the only thing that i remembered about that movie was that brian cranston was in it and now you've just made me go you you, you said you said he died quite early on and i was like no we didn't but he probably did, he and I just for a little bit, and he was not in it much at all. He was just there for advertising. I'm looking up. I'm trying to find um, Psycho. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find exactly the minute that Marion dies because you're like, when should characters, when should main characters die as a movie? And I could be like, at exactly the thirty <laughs> minute, the thirty seven minute point. <laughs> Duh, that is prime main character killing time. I, I mean, we can't have this discussion without talking about Psycho. Obviously, it's a great example of a good time to do this. Thank you. But I think either what your options are either set up more than one main character, you know, set up three and then kill one of them midpoint or end of first act or something like that. Because then you've still got two people to carry it on or do a subversion where you've set someone up as a side character that can fill the role, but your, you know, your main character um, dies midway, but then they can come and pick up the, the, the reins. Well, th- yeah, that the second example there is the one that works with Psycho, yeah. because there's only Marion. So you're shown Sam in the very first scene, but then other than that, you're not really expected to care about him. And then Leela is, I think, spoken about maybe once, and then is shown after the death of Marion. So even then, it's hardly even side characters that have to take the rein. And Psycho, the masterpiece that it is, proves that it can be done and it can be pulled off. Even with examples like Abagast and Leela, characters that aren't even in the movie, which are in the top four cast members after Marion dies, two of them weren't even in there until after she dies, which was well after the first 30 minutes of the movie or something. And like that proves then that it can work and you should take more risks. Yeah. I think sometimes like, I think people get it, maybe get it in their ideas. They have to have this main character for you to go on a journey on. But in the case of Psycho, it's, there's a villain holding it together. And he's the consistent character. But even if it wasn't a Psycho, it could be like the crocodiles in Crawl. Or let's say if it was one crocodile that you're fighting against, you can have that as the ultimate antagonist. And the audience, they don't necessarily care for a main character, but they do care that the antagonist is stopped. Yeah. So that they have something they are caring for, but it doesn't have to be a character, maybe. I would have loved for them to have been like, Start off with one alligator, yeah. then 
add another one to the mix like they did. And then eventually you've got like six, but then there is like one like mega alligator. Yeah. And it's got like an eye patch and a scar down its face. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's the villain alligator. <laughs> this alligator, he's got history. And then like... If, if you kill him, then you kill the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> they all die, and all the all the eggs just like explode when that one dies. And the alien mothership also blows up in the sky. That was like terrorizing all of USA. You realize it's all of USA. All right, that's crawl two. There you go. There we go. That's the official pitch. Crawl to the city. Oh, not bad. <laughs> not bad. I like that. Got to, you should have got a bloody traverse the floodwaters all the way to Canada or something. Get past the border out of. Out of flooded United States. <laughs> yeah, if they had a hero alligator, I think that would have been really cool. And the hero alligator like traps her and there's like, and now let me tell you why I'm chasing, <laughs> why I've trapped you in this basement. It was all, it was 10 years ago when you, po- you bloody threw a fishing rod and it hit me in the eye and then I was real mad. That's the eye patch. Yeah. And then the alligators get together and they cause the flood. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> that's, that's great Hollywood writing, I feel. There's a there's a secret history subplot that you didn't realize, which is a twist apparently. An underground society of alligators, or underwater society of <laughs> alligators. Is that your thought for the week? Well, I guess, I guess the other thing was I was thinking like I also wonder whether we've gone where you kill the character too early, and what if also another thing horror movies do is they they kill characters off one by one. That's like another formula is like first that this girl dies and then the jock dies and then this person dies, and that's like. That's also very formulaic. You get a group of them together so you can kill one by one. But I feel like you only need to kill one person as a surprise to make the audiences really fear for the other people who are left. Because then they're like, oh, they killed that person and I thought they definitely wouldn't. Now I'm scared for everyone. You didn't even have to kill the other people. You can, you just have to tease that they will die. Let's move on to Crawl, I guess. Yeah, okay. So, um, we, so this is now officially the discussion of Crawl in this episode yeah. of Ignorance. Is this Spoilers for Crawl. It's brand new. In this one... There are other characters that get killed, but they're kind of introduced really quickly. And it almost comically where like, there's the two characters trapped in a basement, in a flooded basement. It's filling up with water. There's bloody crocodile down there, alligator down there. And there's other characters you see like outside who get introduced and then they immediately get eaten and torn apart by crocodiles. Even when you think, <laughs> even when you think they, oh, oh, they might become a character and help the other people out. Nope one of them gets thrown up into the air by one crocodile and then caught by another crocodile and smashed down into the water again. Hell yeah. It was the the fifth time they did it, I thought it was funny. Because <laughs> it was just like, oh, you think there's going to be a character? Nah! Yeah. Alligators are bad. They're going to eat you. Yeah, there was definitely times when they were like introduced characters in groups of two or three and you think oh maybe one of them or two of them will be killed and then the, the third one could be the one to help progress the story. No. All dead all the time immediately. It was insane. I, I didn't mind it. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think it could have been better if there was one character, for example, that they established earlier. He was like this guy who was, he was a policeman. He was trying to help people. And he comes back and he nearly rescues them. I feel like, if imagine if he had been like established earlier. He's like, oh no, I'm going to come with you. I'll make sure you're safe. And then they go, and then he, he dies. Maybe even at the same time he does die. But he's established as more of a character. And then when he dies, then you'll start fearing more for the other characters because you think, oh, they kill him. They could kill anyone. What were your overall thoughts about it? Do you like it? Do you not like it? What What do you reckon? My overall thoughts is 
I do like it. I think it, I think my favorite bit about it was the setting and the concept. I think flooded, isolated little town is a cool idea. They kind of set up the, how the alligators have rules. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they come in through this way and then yeah. they act this way. You can't do this. Yeah. Well, you can traverse if you don't make this sound. Yeah. And I, I think that's good. I, I guess my only problem with it is um, kind of just not thinking that the characters are going to die. Because, man, do they get bit a lot by big reptilian <laughs> lizards. Like, uh, they get bit a lot and you're like, oh, no, this is going to change the game. But now they're like, nah, we can, we can, we can move. We, we can still crawl. Just a lot of... Um, just, if you do get bit, just make sure that you scream at the time and then you, you stop yourself from screaming later on. Um, because that will encourage more of them to come, even though you were screaming five seconds beforehand. And also make sure that you you keep your mouth shut and you breathe very heavily through your nose for a long time while you do nothing about what the problem is. Yeah. I didn't like it. Oh, you didn't like no, it? No, not at all. No, no, I hated it. <laughs> you hated it? <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah, probably almost. Yeah, I just thought that it was, um like, I, I don't really much care for horrors much to begin with but i really liked hush for example from okay. a couple of years ago and that was a very similar setting where it was in the one location you've got baddies surrounding you and you just have to live yeah. i do agree with what you say about it being a cool location mm, yeah. being in the house and in a flooded city it's cool how they didn't just like hey this animal's after you and they have teeth it's like hey this animal's after you it has very specific guidelines for how it can find you and things like that yeah, and, you know, they made a cool environment where everything's flooded. You can't really go in the water unless it's absolutely essential. So, yeah. My issue with the rest of the movie was that everything else sucked so much. Oh, yes? Yeah. Just, I hated, um, I hated the dialogue. Mm. I didn't much care for the characters. I thought that the writing itself was quite lazy in parts. With, within an example I'll give. Yeah. I'll do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us. There was a moment where, um, okay, so you're told in the very first scene that the um, the main character is a good swimmer. She competes. She's a competitive swimmer, and um, it's lucky that there's a flood. <laughs> She's going to be doing some swimming. But there was a moment where, about halfway through the movie, they're still they're still in the basement, and um, it's basically last resort. They have to get out, or else it's going to drown them in there. And the dad sits down the main character and is like, do you remember when you almost won this thing? And she was like, yeah, I'm bad. And he was like, no, you were good. And then you, <laughs> then you saw that you were bad and then you changed it by learning how to hold your breath underwater a really, a really long time. Now, that's a crazy idea because also what he mentioned was, you're like, and you know what? That night... At 2 a.m., I woke up and found you in the pool trying to hold your breath, and you did it. And it's like, and that's when I knew (laughs) no child is getting up at 2 a.m. to go for a swim. (laughs) As if they just do it the next day. Yeah, they they don't got no homework to do at that young age. But anyway, and then I, the the point of that scene was to establish that she can now hold her breath underwater real good, and then literally in that same scene, she's doing that. So there's not there's not a setup and a payoff. It's a it's a very rushed. Oh, okay. You can hold your breath underwater, right? Do you remember that? Yeah. Does the audience know about that now? And then she's like, "Yeah, I guess the audience does know about that now." And he's like, "Okay, try to get to the other end of the room." Yeah. And then she does. 
And I'm like, okay, that's lit- that's not a payoff when you it's the it's literally the equivalent of sitting as in a Marvel movie and just going like, hey, you can shoot fireballs, right? <laughs> and then the guy's like, oh shit, that's right, I can shoot fireballs. Yeah. And then there's a person about to come up behind him, and then he just spins around and yeah. shoots a fireball out of his yeah, hand. Right. There's there's no there's no there was no gap in and between then it would be worse if that fireball machine that makes fireballs was then destroyed by that enemy so it was only there for that for that specific purpose and never again she yeah she kept on there were times when later on in the movie where she was going through the pipe and then she was under the water and it was a long time for her to get up and you know she can breathe but when i wrote that note it was literally because the payoff was the same scene, not 20 seconds, uh, yeah. not 20 seconds. And I thought that was lazy, but then they establish it further and they, they do stuff with it, which is fine. But that's what I mean by lazy writing. I think this, the movie sometimes it uses its rules and its restraints well, but sometimes it doesn't use those restraints well, kind of with the, the breathing, like they establish that. And then suddenly she has infinite breathing underwater ability kind of thing. Yeah. Like she's got in the pipe, but like she doesn't look stressed well, she's stressed there's crocodiles, but she's not stressed she's going to run out of air because she's like, oh, don't worry, I just had that conversation with my dad and he told me I could breathe underwater and that's true. Exactly. I had the conversation and he told me yeah. that you don't see any of that. Yeah. It's all it's all told to you in the same scene. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was late. I think as well, I think we would have feared more for her and dad if she got bit less. Like, so the bites actually mean something? Yeah, so the bites mean something. And because then later when there are crocodiles around you really don't want her to get in there like fall in that water because you don't want to get bit because you know what happens when it does but they kind of just say oh you know if you get bit yeah it'll hurt you for a bit but you'll be all right you'll get you'll get over it she gets bit in the arm at one point like up to like halfway up her forearm and then that's a fully grown alligator bite and it's a long time because she oh okay spoilers for crawl Mm. this is like a cool moment but you see it in the trailer. I'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. She's unloading a clip of like a handgun ammo yeah. into the crocodile. Sorry, the alligator doesn't stop for a long time. There's a good bite on the arm. And then the alligator dies. She crawls. She goes out through the pipe. Even though she's in the worst pain of her life, she holds her breath underwater for a minute 30. Yeah. And then the water is now suddenly so high that it's up to the roof, basically, or like up to this windowsill. And then but enough that you still have to like grab it and pull yourself up mm-hmm. using her arm that she just had a bite. She, and it wasn't like one arm yeah. and then the, and then she, and Oh no, like that could have just been like so much makes more sense. Mm-hmm. She's struggling. She has to use the one and she's like, maybe like kicking, you know, trying to get her like foot up there so that she can drag herself up as well. Yeah. But no, two arms, solid grip onto the windowsill, pull yourself up. Yeah. What? Not to mention, you haven't even mentioned the most crazy thing she did with that arm. She did incredibly quick freestyle towards a boat faster than an alligator with that arm. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> You're faster than one of them. No, she's not. She's been bit by an alligator eight times. I, I had issues also with, like, do crocodile teeth hurt? Or, like, do alligator teeth hurt? I looked up, and because I, I was also just, like, unfamiliar. Like, my note was, is that how alligators work? <laughs> and I did actually did some research on how alligators work and I wanted to know like do they actually like do they have bad vision and they can just feel the vibrations in the water and that's true they what they do is they when they swim they open their mouth and inside their mouth are like sensors 
that sends vibrations in the water. So when you see them opening in the mouth, it's not for cool cinematic effect. It's because they're trying to sense you. Yeah. That's um, cool. Dinosaurs, man. Yeah. I don't know if they're blind because there was a couple times like they kind of swim past and because the characters aren't moving, the alligators just don't notice them. I, I can believe it. I don't know. It's whatever. It's a movie. But there's parts as well when they're, they're traversing by walking through water mm. and, oh, they're not making any sound with their mouths. They're not hearing you. But, like, you're still moving your feet through the water. Mm. That'll make ripples. Yeah. They will know. Yeah, th- I think that's... I, I just, sorry. Also, I should just say then, um, we, we're recording this the same way as we did in Season 2, Episode 1, where we've got the one microphone and we're sharing it between us. So when I speak, I've got, I'm holding it and I've got it to my, to my mouth, to my hand, and then I say something, and then when I pass it to Ollie, it's like I'm interviewing him. <laughs> <laughs> what, what say you about this, this ripple effect? Uh... Ah, oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh... No comments at this time, thank you. Yeah, I think that's what that's what I was saying before about like inconsistent rules sometimes. Yeah. Like I kind of forgive it because I've just I've seen a lot of films that do it really horribly, and I think this film didn't. It it abused their rules a bit, but not incredibly. Anyway, yep. not enough that I hated it. I just just to tell you some more alligator facts. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, new segment, guys. <laughs> uh, alligators are afraid of humans. They don't dare to eat them. <laughs> oh, maybe, well, yeah. maybe because it's the hurricane. They're yeah. hungry. Yeah. Um. It did mention that like the only time they might eat a human is during breeding season, and we know it's breeding season because we saw some eggy. Dude, these these alligators are bony. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, guys. Would you like another alligator fact? Uh, sometimes <laughs> I didn't let you respond. I'm going to yeah. give them to you anyway. And you heard, and you heard me. Take, everyone heard me take the mic away for a minute. <laughs> now this is maybe excuses how they bite you, but don't like just kill you. Okay. When they bite things, they are first. They have to test if it's okay to eat. So they put things in their mouth because oh. that's where their senses are to see if it's okay to eat. Okay. I thought that this was only with crocodiles, but I um, they shown it in this movie, and they should have done some research. So, when when they desperately want to kill an animal, the alligator will have it in its mouth, and then do the death roll. Yeah, and that happened right at, like towards the end of the movie. And I was thinking every time that they would bite any of the characters, why aren't they death rolling? Mm-hmm. There was one point where a, a character gets bit, like in the torso. And then it starts death rolling and that character dies. But all the times that a limb is attacked, they don't do it. And I was thinking like, well, why aren't you not doing it? But that could make sense yeah. then now yeah. that maybe it was because they... Check uh, you out first. See if you're tasty. See if you can, if they can munch on you. I guess, I guess, um, yeah, death rolls kind of excuse and like te- that, that kind of rule excuses why some characters got away from a bite. Because... Um, old mate policeman, he got away initially, like briefly before he was pulled back down. Um, so they'd already done the taste. Yeah. So they did a little taste and they're like, oh yeah, he's, he's pretty tasty. And then like, let him go. He's like, Bob, get over here. This one's good. It's breeding season. I'm hungry and horny. Yeah. <laughs> I bet those, yeah, those two, those two ones down there, one if they're both uh, the same gender, they didn't get it on. They could have. I mean, they could have, Ollie. It's 2019. 
you you'll notice if you listen back that I like was kind of like pausing as I was saying it because I was like I was like realizing it was 2019. <laughs> <laughs> now this week, usually I'm the the old mate who doesn't want to watch the trailers. I usually avoid it. The only reason we saw this movie is because I actually saw the trailer in the cinema. I didn't I didn't bother to leave for this one because uh, I didn't even know what it was. Saw it and I thought it looked awesome and I really, really wanted to see it. But I was, at the same time, I also didn't want to see it because I felt like I'd already seen everything that happens because of the trailer. Some things that you see in the trailer are the policeman getting bitten down into the sewers, like getting grabbed. And he, like in the trailer, he's not showing much. So you assume he's just a side character. So you kind of know, you assume he's dead, he dies. Another thing is you see the gunshot into the crocodile, into the alligator's mouth. I think those are the two big ones. And I disagree. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying. I wrote a list. Okay, you've got you've got a list. Those are the, okay, those are the ones I remembered anyway. Let's say that when I saw that when I was watching the movie, I was waiting for those two things. I didn't really remember some of the other things that happened. But I guess the reason I was still kind of subverted when I watched the film is because I thought watching the trailer there was only one alligator. I thought it was one alligator fighting the whole time. So when I saw her stick a gun in its mouth and shoot, I thought that was where they she killed the crocodile. I thought that was the end. Yeah, that that is Sony levels of like <laughs> shit marketing. Yeah, if that was the case. Yeah. The other thing I knew, and I wonder if you, I guess like when you're watching this, I knew that they get out of the basement and they go. I don't know. If, I didn't know if he got out of the basement. I know she did though. And I know that they were up in the house because there was a lot of scenes in the trailer of them up in the house, like, you know, jumping on furniture, trying to stay out of the water. Did you think the whole movie would be spent in the basement or did you think they'd... I thought they were going to spend the whole movie in the basement. Cool. So this was my little notes about the crawl trailer. Mm. I hated it as well. You didn't like the trailer? I thought that the trailer was good mm. in the way that the trailer is good. Oh, yeah. But after seeing the movie, it's frustrating. And I'm happy that I wasn't in your position because I would have hated the film a lot more if I had seen the trailer for it. Because, yeah, so um, there there was one very, very good part of the trailer. And we'll get to that. Uh, But the the trailer showed literally every good part of the movie, in my opinion, (laughs) which was just all the things that were unique to the situation that they were in. So the gun in the crocodile's mouth, that's an example of what you just said. The boat coming through the window, that was like a cool sequence. And here, here's me writing right here to prove your point, even showing them out of the basement. Yeah. I didn't know that they were doing that. I thought they were going to spend the whole movie in the basement. And I liked the film better out of the basement. I agree. I was happy to not see the trailer because then I would have like expected it and I would have hated the basement scenes more going, oh, just come out of the basement. The alligator eggs, the shower bit... But it was cut halfway through, yeah. so you don't you don't get the payoff in the trailer. If they did that, that's like the final straw, because mm. that's lit- that is what I just listed. There is all the cool parts of the movie, yeah. um, um, and like you, I've also forgotten the name of the character who gets bit. <laughs> <laughs> Policeman. Yeah, you've been calling him Police Bite Man. I wrote here Boatman Chomp. <laughs> Boatman Chomp would have been fine if there were. Two more characters in the movie. <laughs> yeah. But there isn't. So technically, that is a main character death that we yeah. saw in... Yeah. In the, it's one of the four named characters. You've got the main character lady whose name is... Ashley. 
I don't think it is. You got the dad character, you got the sister who you never see in person, and you've got the dude who is apparently in some kind of ex relationship with the sister. Those are your four named characters. And will you see one of them die in the trailer? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you don't see the other one in the movie. Yeah. That's unacceptable. (laughs) Yeah, they they show far too much in this trailer. The good thing I think you were gonna say about it was the way the trailer's edited is really cool. Because it's all like to time with with um, sound effects in the movie. Yeah. It is. It's it's to a rhythm, to a beat, yeah. and it's very very entertaining. Yeah. There's none of that in the movie. Yeah, it's not it's not a stylistic musical element to any of the film, yeah. and that would have been disappointing as well if I'd seen the trailer and I would have thought I would have got some like sick like dance of the necromancer style like everything on beat yeah. kind of film. That would have been cool. Yeah. The thing I'll give the trailer is that it really did make me want to watch the film. That's when and the shot that really sold it to me was her in that bird's eye view shot on the ceiling looking down at the crocodile in the bathroom and her in the shower. That shot made me want to watch the whole film. Is that like one of the only really like stylistic shots in the film? Can you think of anything other than that wasn't just like a an extreme close up or or a mid shot, you know, like There was um some of the opening scenes in the swimming pool had, they weren't super stylistic, but they were front on, which was just a little bit different. And Oh, there was that cool title yeah, as well. The title of the film looked sick. It was all lined up with the swimming pool lens. And there was another bird's eye view shot when um, policeman number two gets eaten by like five crocodiles. Oh, yeah. That, that was a really cool shot, actually. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's stock standard sort of uh, filmmaking. One thing the trailer did where I was subverted was because we saw that Mr. Policeman get pulled down. I was like, yeah, okay, he's dead, right? But then in the movie, you see him climb back up and I was like, oh, they subverted us. They they put that in the trailer so that we think he dies, but he actually, oh, no, no, he got pulled down again. Okay. <laughs> Would have been nice. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Um, and so yeah, do you have any other, other thoughts about it? Uh, there is one good thing that I like about the movie and that was that it gave me another thing to um to write down in my little trope list. Oh, yeah. Um I won't actually put it in. We won't we we won't do a pet peeves about it. It's when a character is injured and they have some kind of sewing material. They did this in John Wick. They did this in John Wick 3. <laughs> I just thought about it. They did this in John okay. Wick 3. Yeah. It's when they've got um they're in a they're in a dark space or a dark room and they've got an injury normally to a leg or an arm and they have to like sew it up or like put pressure on it and they've got a torch and they've got like a flashlight yeah. and they'll put the flashlight in their mouth oh, yeah. and then they'll use their two hands to to sew a leg or their one hand to sew an arm and then the first impact is them going <laughs> and then they have to like shut up because they've got the ma- they've got the torch in their mouth mm-hmm. now that's that like i i just thought of another like an example of it just now. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot more out there. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of people sewing up things. Yeah. Um, it, that's a, that's got to be in Supernatural a lot. The, yeah. the torch in the mouth. And they always do it just they, like they're just sewing themselves up. I feel like they always do it just to get, get, make the audience go, wow, this is really gritty. And I, like just the idea of like 
putting the flashlight in your mouth is like such like a last resort. Like, why would you ever put a flashlight in your mouth? And then like, oh, wow, you put a flashlight in your mouth. That person must be in the last resort, last <laughs> option. Um, I don't know if I even said this or not, but I didn't much care for the dialogue. Yeah. The, the example, it was my first note that I wrote was shit dialogue. Um, the first 20 minutes, she has no one to speak to, so she's talking to herself, which is a trait. Oh, no. Yeah, she did speak to herself all the time. Yeah. It's a trait that I don't, that I don't like yeah. because no one really does that. And I understand that it's necessary, but like, thank God that she found that dog. Yeah. So then that she could say, <laughs> she could say, I'm going to go check down in the basement to the dog. Cause if that dog wasn't there and she's like, maybe I should check the basement like that. I would hate that even more. So, but yeah, but that uh, John wick, a great example of a film where he doesn't talk to himself ever. Yes. John just shuts up <laughs> and it's great. But the example of it that I said, okay, this is shit dialogue, was when it was it was the perfect gem of the, the such the cliche of the protective dad going like, listen to me, you gotta get out of here. And she's like, not without you, I'm not. And I'm like, ah, that's so boring. That's so <laughs> boring. And then, and then two lines later, mm-hmm. this guy is on the brink of death. Yeah. He's laying down. He's got the most like a like awful, awful wounds to his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Then he's just like, you look good. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Did he say that? Yeah, yeah. He, he was like, anyway, you look good. And she was like, you look like shit. <laughs> cool, man. That's so interesting. It was like, the writer was like, oh, I wrote this, wrote this really cool thing where like, like he says she looks good and then he's, she's like, you look like shit. <laughs> it's funny, hey. Yeah. Um, oh, it doesn't really work in the part I put it. Can we... Oh, can we just copy paste that? Oh yeah, we'll put it here. Okay, that works. That works. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> and and the last note that I've got in my bad my bad section, I'll do I'll do I'll quickly say some nice things. There was one part where they leave the house. This is what you were saying was that she's a she's a champion freestyle swimmer, mm-hmm. and she's about to swim across the road. Haha. <laughs> they leave. They they literally walk out the front door, and they're showing how much of a a wreck the town is mm. and it's awful hurricane conditions and the palm trees are at like a 90 degree angle yeah. the, these these real solid trees yeah. are being pushed to the brink and then it cuts back to these two characters out in the open and their hair is still i noticed that i was like is it because their hair's wet it doesn't move or no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, get some bloody wind turbines next year for the filmmaking. Oh my god, it's it's the whole point is that it's terrible conditions, yeah. and then they don't wind up the set. <laughs> but don't you realize, Scott? They're on a roof. It's the end of the movie. It's like a bright sunshine holy spot where, like, they're okay now. They're safe. There's no wind here. There's no rain. There's no crocodile. See, I like Sam Raimi, so I don't think that he's going to be the kind of person to not oversee that floor yes right he didn't direct this okay in that case then it's a free-for-all whoever (laughs) did is a dickhead but no but what i'm trying to say is that like it's such an obvious thing when they're out in the open in a hurricane why did they not have wind turbines on set and i bet it was some bullshit like the actors are wet so the characters are wet and then if we put wind in it's like it's a safety hazard of they're going to get a cold or something like that. <laughs> oh, I'd, I don't, I doubt it was a safety hazard. They put actors through bad conditions. They, they put them in mud and stuff. They're, they're sad, those actors. <laughs> they got hard jobs. 
<laughs> um, I'm going to say some nice things now. Quickly, some oh, nice on, things. Oh, you got some bad things oh. to say? Let's get into that. My most, the, my most annoying part of the movie, and I got really pissed off when this happened because it's like... There are alligators out the front of our house. Alligators out the front of the house. Oh my God. While we were talking, a, a bloody hurricane has hit. Oh no. We didn't even notice that Alligator Alley has bloody walked in through the back door. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Get her out of here. <laughs> um, is when she goes to retrieve the phone <laughs> and there's like a phone she has to go get. Oh. So she runs, she skim, skimps out. I thought it was like, oh, you know, she's being very careful. Like this is a smart character. She's being very careful. She's trying to not make any more noise. She's keep checking where the crocodiles are. She's talking to her dad so that like she's keeping her cool. Then she gets the phone finally and bloody right in the middle of the open just starts trying to dial 911 and trying to get it to work. Like bloody, this is bloody video game hours. You don't get your health, you drink your health potion that takes 10 seconds to drink in the middle of the battlefield, you know. You don't bloody call in your, your airstrike right after you got the five kill streak. You got to go back and hide somewhere. It's perfectly established that the place where the dad is is the safest yes. place in there right now. And she got there by being careful. It, it's inexcusable to then say that this character is silly enough to not be careful anymore in the span of 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, she's careful. Look, she's a careful character. She's a smart character. We're, we're establishing this lady as smart. Yeah. Anyway, let's put her in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it would have made more sense if the moment she got to the phone, she heard the alligator move, which made her have to just like hide for a second or like stop. And then she's like, okay, I'm stopped. I can't move for a second. I need Now I need to do my phone. But no, she just picks it up and then she's like, alligators who? <laughs> oh, buddy, uh, 911. I'm going to sit here on my phone. Better uh, Play some Angry Birds. Yeah. Load up Skype in our brand integrated um, yeah. sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, that's what pissed me off the most. Into the good. Okay, this is my one serious good thing that I said. I do like how the dad actually allows his daughter to risk her life to save both of them. Yes, I just... Yes, that was a great subversion. Usually dad characters are like, no, you can't, you're my bloody daughter, you can't go anywhere. But in this he was like, no, go help me, like, go help me, please. If you go to this end of the thing, but be careful, we know that there's, in fact, three alligators in that area but if you get there you should be able to lift a hatch and then you can get out and then you can save me or later on in the movie he's like you need to get to this boat you will be freestyle swimming which means all the alligators will know exactly where you are but you're faster than them just do it like that is crazy and I really 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 liked that he actually was pushing her to do those things because it's always like just cheap drama that the writer makes where like you know oh his her obstacle at this moment is that the dad doesn't want to let her go, and they're like, "No, nah, I get rid of that. We'll have more crocodile obstacles." <laughs> and it's within his character too, because he's like, he's trained her for this. He he thinks she's really amazing, so he actually thinks she can do it. I I, I did for the most part like the like the dad character yeah. as a whole. I thought that he was maybe the strongest character in the film. Lastly, this was my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, I don't know if at this point. She knows where her dad is, but she's going into the basement and I think that there's no alligator yet. So this is before that she sees her dad. She gets her phone out and turns on the torch app and then she's, you can see the torch show up on her phone. Yeah. 
And then she like spins around to be like, oh, where am I looking? But the camera stays in the same place. And when she spins around, you can see the front of her phone, like the actual screen of her phone. And it's actually on the torch app. Like you can see, you can see the, you can see the fact that you could drag it left or right to make it brighter or dimmer. And I was like, finally. (laughs) Do you mean like, it's not just on a home screen or it's just not, it's not just black. You literally see this. Okay. Yep. He's, you he's see it. You say. You see it. Say the big word off, and then you've got brightness left or right, and you can. Br- and I was like, "Hold, damn!" So she's using actual torch lighting to light a path. Cool. I loved it. <laughs> wow, that's your favorite part of the whole movie. Was, uh, was oh, it was just the thing I was most shocked at. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. Yeah. Um, did you think? Because we're talking about a horror movie, we're just talking about the problems that we had with it, like narrative and, and the way that characters act and whatnot. But this is a horror movie with jump scares and, yeah. you know, suspense. Yeah. Did you think it was a good, scary experience? Uh, oh, it was so close to being really, really scary. And I think, and I think a couple of things we've talked about let it down, such as not feeling scared for the characters, knowing that they're going to live, knowing that the bites don't matter. If bites mattered, I'd be be so much more like thrilling and you'd just, you know, you'd be so much more scared for them. Yeah. Another thing is music. Sometimes horror movies don't use like a lot of music, but they prefer just silence and sound effects because that's what like, so you don't know what's coming. In this- oh, it's realistic and you want to be as realistic as possible because that's scary. I felt like I think they use too much music in this film and then they'd be like, oh, hang on, we're getting into a scary part. Now turn the music off. But like then, well, the music's gone. Now you know something's going to happen. Another moment that drew attention to it was like when the dad had drowned under the thing and she gets him up. Because they play with all this beautiful music, like they're like, oh, is he going to live? Is he going to not? Like, you know that he's not going to die because then the music stops. Imagine that scene, right? But it's just just hurricane sound effects and and just all completely sound effects you wouldn't really have a sense of how it's building up and you could believe that he might have died i reckon i think the music just like underplays it like it just it's like hey here's a generic death scene but it's it's not a bloody death scene is it because you know you've seen this scene a hundred times before that's a really good point i didn't think about it that way and if if someone does watch this movie after listening to this keep a keep an ear out to see how much music there is actually played i reckon you could have used the same plot same everything happens, but just maybe tweak how music affects it and how the editing plays out. And I think it would have been much more thrilling. Um, I didn't think it was that scary because I live in Australia and this shit happens every second week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to give it a rating? We got. I was editing last week's episode yeah. and we've been off the ball for so long that we just gave it a rating out of 10. That's not that's not our system. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, last week was a bit of a doozy episode, wasn't it? <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm going to give um, Quill a distinction because once they got out of the basement, I really thought it was such a cool setting. And I just thought it just reminded me of um, like video games where you have to jump from point to point don't fall in the water the crocodiles are going to get you like that's literally an indiana jones game of played like you if you'd fall in the water there's a giant crocodile that's going to eat you and it may be terrified of crocodiles oh okay interesting i would know then to download that and use that to scar you for in the future um, i'm going to give it a low credit because i thought that it was 
it was pretty average and the the bad outweighed the good yep. but what was good like the premise i still i still had a well enough time with it yeah um but yeah i i could go on about the things that i didn't like about it so much longer than i could with the good but so that's i think is a good compromise a low credit shall we move on we can move bloody on and ready here's the sound of it and we're back everybody <laughs> well now that sounded like an edit point let me tell you <laughs> that was not bloody foley 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 no need for cuts in this show um anyway so we're moving on to the next segment uh rotten tomatoes game I forgot what it's called. We've been away for a while. What the is the fruit is acute, Holly. Fruit is acute because it's kind of like the price is right, except we're talking about rotten tomatoes. Tomatoes is a fruit. The fruit is acute, and acute means kind of on point. Now, I've taken the f- microphone from Scott. Now, he's the, the dumb one with without a microphone. Look at him. God, it feels so Yeah, cool. he's really, really <laughs> losing this time. Anyway. So the way this works is I'm going to give Scott a couple of movies, going to tell you the names of a couple of movies. You've got to tell me what they got in Rotten Tomatoes and guess what they got within 5%. Because I once made the bold claim I can guess any movie within 5% because I used to go on Rotten Tomatoes a lot. But then because of the concept of our show, I had to stop going on Rotten Tomatoes and finding out what scores are. And now I'm not good at the game anymore. But because you have been playing this game and going on Rotten Tomatoes all the time, you should be really good at Rotten Tomatoes scores. Mm, totally, I'm on there all the time. I reckon you've probably done some of these movies before. Here we go. So the first one is The Walk. Do you know this movie? It's about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's a type roper. He walks across the Twin Towers when they were still towers in New York City. Give me the fucking microphone and I'll tell you. God. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot how podcasting works. I forgot that like <laughs> there's actually a device that records audio <laughs> and it needs to be close to the speaker's mouth when it when it records that audio. Okay. Is is it recent? Because I remember there being a tightrope movie within the last like three or four years. Yes, it's somewhat recent. I think it's about 2015 or something. It's directed by Robert Zemeckis. He did Back to the Future series. And it's got bloody Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. He's a French man and he wears eye contact lenses again. <laughs> okay, well, I think I think I am thinking of the right movie. Uh-huh. Um, but that being said, I don't remember if people like it or dislike it. I'm going to say that people liked it, and I'm going to say it got 69%. Brr, no, you just like the number 69. Why? It's biased you. <laughs> <laughs> it got 83%. People really liked yeah. it. Oh, well, it's... Yep. well, it is Zemeckis after all. He made Back to the Future. He can do anything and everyone's going to be happy about it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. The next one is Jumper with Hayden Christensen. Do you know this movie? The teleporter movie? I don't know of the movie, yes. I'm going to also say that it's bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say it's... Why do you think it's bad? Because it's got Hayden Christensen in it. And um, it's a movie from the mid to late 2000s. Yes. <laughs> so therefore it's bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna... What do you think it got? Uh, I'm going to say it got 36%. Ooh, you're too generous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that much. That bad. Yeah, it is uh, 15%. That's crazy. Do you know what? I think critics don't like it, but I think most audiences just don't mind it because how many teleporter movies do you get? Not many. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I think people just liked it because they like teleporting and the concept. Is there a cool teleporting like whoop, sound when they teleport? Yeah, I, de- I think so. The general idea with teleporting is that they use a sound effect of because the person is leaving 
a vacuum behind and the vacuum is being filled with air. That's how they made that sound effect for X-Men. Nerd. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Given. Uh, Okay, the next movie is The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. You've heard of this movie. Of course I have. A man goes into a some kind of machine and the fly is also in there and then he turns into a fly that's correct um it's <laughs> ollie was pointing the microphone at my dick i wanted to know what it thought <laughs> it thought that it's upset that we're still not talking about mating season in the gator, <laughs> in the gator universe <laughs> uh okay the fly um the fly is a classic people would like it i would guess yes that's true um, or is it <laughs> I forgot how the game worked. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say it, it's not it's not a masterpiece. It won't be in the '90s, but I, but it is well liked enough that it will be like 87 percent. Oh, ding, ding, ding! Hey. You're kind of wrong because it is 92. Oh. So it is in the '90s. People do think it's a masterpiece. Maybe I guess I don't really I don't want to watch it because it's. The fly looks so gross. Yeah, it's uh, because I I took on this little job. Don't tell anyone. I'm not supposed to be talking about it. But I took on a little job where I listen to podcasts and do stuff with the podcast. And these two guys that I listen to, they talked about the fly heaps. And I was like, what the hell is this? All I knew was that it was it had Jeff Goldblum in it and they would rave about it. And then I, I innocently just looked up Jeff Goldblum, the fly, thinking... This movie is going to look silly and look old, but it is genuinely like grotesque. Yeah. The look of that thing is nightmarish. Yeah. I think that yeah, that's probably why it got a reputation because people remember that thing. Is it at is it a comedy? No. No, it's a it's a serious movie. Even though it's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. I I think in his prime he wasn't doing comedy stuff. Like he does it nowadays cuz he's such a meme. Yeah. But back then he was like a cool dude. Have you seen all, like you know about the Area 51 memes and how we're going to invade Area 51. Jeff Goldblum has been like tweeting, being like, "Don't take me back there." He is such an he's an alien looking guy and an alien acting guy. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay, your next your next movie, Run Fat Boy Run, British film with Simon Pegg. Yeah. I, I do because it was always at the uh, at the counters of like Coles. It was always like the fifteen dollar thing that you can just buy when you're buying your potatoes. It'll yeah. just be next to it. And he's wearing a um, he's wearing like a like a little like runner's uniform that you'd get like on sports day. Mm. You know, I reckon it's bad. Forty eight percent. Oh, very good, very good. Ding ding ding. Forty six. Oh, Only two percent off. That's really good. Look at me go. Nice, nice. Okay, your next film. Oh, we have seven films this week, by the way. <laughs> That's not <laughs> Usually we do five, but I did seven this week because I, I liked looking at these. Okay, the next one is, I don't know if you've heard about it, Slither. Yeah, yeah. You've heard about Slither? It's got Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks. James Gunn. Yes, it's James Bloody Gunn, mate. And then Michael Rooker's in it. So they're, they're friends from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Next week we'll do five. It's, uh, yeah, no, this was good. People liked this. That's why James Gunn had such a good reputation before Guardians. I didn't know that Nathan Fillion was in it. He's the main character. 89%. Oh, very good. 86%. Man, 86. Man. You're acing it. How many of you got right? You got, you got three right. You're two wrong. That's more than 50%. <laughs> That's more than 50%. That's more than bloody uh, 
bloody Freddy Got Fingered or whatever movie you were talking about. <laughs> run, fat boy, run. No, the, the one oh, with 15%. Jumper. <laughs> Freddy <laughs> Got Fingered. <laughs> okay. Uh, your next film is Split. Split. James McAvoy. Yeah. Every time I read that name, I... I have to tell myself it's McAvoy. What do you think it is? I don't know. Like, I just read it like McEvoy or like something (laughs) something weird. Like, when I say it out loud, it's like, oh, that's right. But it's not how my mind reads it. Split was... um, (laughs) I reckon Split was um, a pretty split bloody people liking it, disliking it. Um, A mixed reaction, you might say. So, I personally really liked it because the main character, like, talks about how much he likes Kanye West, which to me is a already a hd movie and i really liked it as well it's unique i'm not sure whether to say like in the 60s or in the 70s i'm gonna say the small 70s 71 you're just off oh no so sorry if you went 72 you would have got it 77 oh, yeah. 77 yeah that is more split down the middle than i would have like because when i saw it i thought like oh everyone's gonna love this yeah. Just because of how like crazy it was, I thought the third act with him being like the crazy super monster was like a bit weird. But like all the stuff before it and McAvoy's performance as playing all these different characters, I remember coming home after watching that movie and just raving to my dad, being like, "You will love this." Yeah. Just because of yeah, like how much of like of a performance he puts. But yeah, so I'd yeah. be happy with, if I was McAvoy, and that performance got me seventy-seven percent. I'd be pretty stoked with that. Yeah. He's yeah. He's probably he holds it together. I reckon. And I know you know the that glass didn't get good reviews, but I definitely advocate for it if you like Split. I, I think like I think critics can say whatever they want. Glass is an awesome movie. Okay. Anyway, Go okay. Get soapbox, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that reference means. Your last movie is Crawl. It's this movie we saw this week. It's got alligators in it. <laughs> See, I leaving this movie. And I knew that I didn't like it very much. And then thinking, critically thinking, Ollie brought me to this. Why? <laughs> Maybe it's good. Maybe I'm dumb. I brought you to it because I liked the trailer, but I just thought the trailer spoiled it for me. So I thought, uh, interesting dynamic here. It's, a, it's one of those trailers that does spoil a lot. Good for the pod. I can't, I can't see people going crazy it's not it's not a hush it's not like it it's follows like it like a big the next big horror thing uh 58 lower higher no definitely much higher no yep yeah 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 84 percent. that's not right it's better than the walk (laughs) that's I don't like. <laughs> I'm gonna walk away from this podcast. You might even crawl. <laughs> hey, hey, very good. Okay, and can you tell me? Okay, so that's all the bloody seven we had. Can you tell me any themes between these movies? Ah, you've bloody forgot that there's a running theme. Oh, the theme. I did forget about the theme. Okay, so what do you said? Walk, split, crawl. Give it to me. What are you doing? Walk, split, crawl. Uh, slither. These are all methods of transportation. All ways in which you can move your body. <laughs> That's very. I like that a lot. <laughs> and I would not have picked up a what split. Oh, like I'm I'm splitting. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm gonna bloody split, mate. That's good. Jumper. You. 
You're very funny. The fly. Bloody fly away. You can bloody slither away. That's a good theme. <laughs> I like that a lot. I had to Google <laughs> single title horror movies, one word horror movies, and then I just looked for like, you know, run or yeah. walk. And there was, there was a surprising lack of that. Slither and Split were the only real ones, and Split's not even means that. So I had to resort to Run, Fat Boy, Run. <laughs> did you type into Google, like, methods of moving one's body? I did. I did. I did ways in which people can move. And the only thing that came up was, like, a child song that goes, the crocodile walks, the kangaroo hops, something like that. And I was just like, okay, hops? No, no, no. Oh, tiptoe. Is that a movie? Yes, it is, but it's, like, incredibly niche. <laughs> Uh, there's that Easter movie called Hop. Damn it. Damn it. I didn't think of that. Hop was one I just made up. I didn't even... Re- that was probably... That wasn't even an example. God damn it. That's a really good one. Thank you. Uh, oh, hang on. What did um, what did Hop get on Rotten Tomatoes, Ollie? Hang on. Uh, okay, Hop. You know, it's it's niche movie because not many Easter films get made. I reckon it was 55. Uh-uh. Incorrect. Lower. 42. Lower. Uh, 28 Ding 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 25% Okay <laughs> Sorry Hop <laughs> Bloody Hopping out of cinemas And not hopping into your DVD cabinet This summer <laughs> Okay that's the end of the show Scott I'm going to give you Your microphone black Because I don't know How to tell people Where to find us On the internet Give me that stuff Thank you Ollie For that If you've enjoyed Listening to today's episode We would very much Appreciate a five star review on iTunes, but if you would like to get more directly in contact with us, you can head over to Facebook and like our page, which is facebook.com slash ignorance is this podcast. If you type that into the Facebook search bar, you should be able to find it as well. Follow us on Twitter. Sometimes Scott makes dumb comedy tweets and then he jumps onto the ignorance is this Twitter account and retweets it so that it looks like Scott's got more likes and retweets on his original posts. So um, you can do that by going to twitter.com slash ignorance is pod. Yes, it's missing a word there. That's intentional. And if you'd like to get in contact with us via Gmail, you can send us something that's more than the amount of characters that you can get in Twitter. And we can talk about whatever it is that you want us to talk about. Uh, that's ignoranceisthispodcast at gmail.com. Ollie. Cool. We haikuin. We haikuin. Can I say one more thing about Jumper? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Not yes. Why? This is interesting because... There's a scene at the start of the movie where, like, it's him when he was younger, maybe 17, let's say, and, like, he gets his powers when he's 17, but then it cuts and they recut, like, and it's a different actor being Hayden Christensen when he's, like, 23. Six-year gap, different actor. Thoughts? Not necessary at all. You just stumped me. I just was going, like, what? No one looks that vastly different. No. Especially if you're... Hang on, so Hayden Christensen is the younger version of that? No. He's the older. He's the main character. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Hayden Christensen is the main character throughout the film. And the reason I got confused is because the film opens with someone who's not Hayden Christensen. (laughs) And I was so... Didn't understand. What what was the rough age of the kid that was not Hayden Christensen? Like 17. Okay, that's inexcusable then. No, no, no. So the actor didn't look 17. The actor looked maybe 20. That's worse. <laughs> but like they were saying he was 17. Yeah, that's worse. <laughs> that's what, what is this? Bloody 17 again? Matthew. 
it's not Matthew Broderick. Yeah, it's not Matthew Broderick though. Bloody Zac Efron changing up the way that he looks. Okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a haiku, even though that um, Scott's the ignorant one this week. We we're preparing for next week's show, and Scott wrote a haiku for Spider Man. So Ollie's gonna do one for this, <laughs> even though that he's not the ignorant one. Sorry, we're sorry. There's something has gone wrong in every episode of season two so far. That's okay. <laughs> I've got a hot theory. I've got a hot theory. I reckon no one would have known our, that our method was only doing a haiku for the person who's ignorant. In that case, I'll cut all of this. We, haiku! We could have got away with it, but you drew attention to it. It's like when you're sick on a podcast. No one knows you're sick. You don't need to say. Anyway. It's true. We got a haiku this week for Crawl. This is my haiku for Crawl. Okay. Oi, cast me in Crawl 2. I'm hell good at the floor is made of lava. <laughs> there is a lot of that. <laughs> All right, good night, Australia. Good night, Australia.